0: In the return of Darth Koo, we're here to give an update on some trade rumors going on with the Detroit Pistons. James Edwards III just wrote an article today detailing everything he's heard recently about the Detroit Pistons and multiple names in the trade market, including their own names, what we know about the futures of Boyan Bogdanovich, Monte Morris, and others. We're going to talk about all that in today's episode of the Locked on Pistons podcast. You are Locked on Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel. At Locked On Pistons, hit that subscribe button or leave us a five star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at JaceMedical.com and use code Locked On to get $20 off your order. That's J A S E Medical.com. Later on in the episode, I want to give my thoughts on the core four. Uh, I came under fire on Twitter the last few days uh, with something I said about the core four. So I want to give my overall thoughts, what my actual thoughts are on the core four and see what you guys think about that. I want to talk about whether the Pistons actually are as doomed as a lot of people think they are. And then obviously to start off the pocket, we're going to talk about these trade rumors and this James Edwards, the third article. I want to say to you guys real quickly, obviously I am still pre- feeling pretty sick. Um, so that has part to do with why my voice sounds like this, but my voice also sounds like this because Darth Koo. Has returned and it's all darkness. Everyone watching on YouTube, you can see we're recording this in the darkness. This is where we're at now. He's returned. Um, but let's go ahead and break down this article from James Edwards III. So, um, on the 25th is when he wrote this. I'm recording this on the 25th. You guys might be wa- listening to this on the 26th, so that it might be yesterday by the time. Yes, listen to this. But either way, James Edwards wrote an article that says, The title, Pistons at the NBA Trade Deadline What I'm Hearing on DeJounte Murray, Zach Levine, and More. And to summarize what was said in this article, I, I don't want to go through and read the whole article for you guys. You guys should have an athletic subscription and follow James' work. He does a lot of good stuff, gives everyone what he's hearing um, and keeps people updated. Um, But overall, the takeaway I got from this article, and it's something that I had been scared about and kind of been talking a little bit about over the last few weeks or the last week, I'd say, on the podcast, is I was getting a little worried that the Pistons were going to get cold feet at this deadline and not do anything. And that that was my biggest takeaway from this article, is that that is certainly a possibility. Um, James starts off this article saying that the Pistons view K Cunningham, Massar Thompson, Jane Ivey, and Jalen Dern basically untouchable, uh, which is I, I'm, I think a lot of people probably feel the same way. We'll talk about that a little later, but I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. Um, he also talked about how the Pistons were in talks with the Hawks about DeJounte Murray, but the Hawks wanted Thompson or Ivy. Um, along with other good stuff, and Detroit had no interest in that, so it looks like that's where the talks died with Desontae Murray. Um, He's mentioned that the Pistons have been in talks with the Chicago Bulls, and the Bulls have been locked in on a package with Bojan Bogdanovic and one of the Pistons' blue chippers, Um, but the Pistons don't want to move off any of their blue chippers. It doesn't mean that a deal for Levine is dead. They still have interest in him, and there is still discussion about when Levine's trade value eventually goes down, like many assume that it will, from them asking for those blue chippers, maybe they'll take a bowie and Marcus Sasser and something else, and then that will get the deal done. Something like that, that the Pistons would still be interested in, the talks will continue. So I'd stay tuned with the Zach Levine stuff just in case the Bulls actually do go down with this value, but that's where we're at with that. Um, and then he gave us some I- updates on the Pistons veterans and Monte Morris, Boyan Bakdanovich, and Alec Burks. And this isn't exactly what James said, this is me. This is my takeaway from what he said. If you want to see his exact word, and go read the article, but this is my takeaway. My takeaway is that the Pistons aren't desperate to move any of them, and they actually have some interest in bringing them all back. Monte Morris, Alec Burks, and Boyan Bogdanovich. Does that mean they're untouchable? No. But does that mean the Pistons are actively shopping them and trying to move off of them and get someone else? No. It sounds like the Pistons would be okay, would bring these guys back, re-signing Monte Morris, re-signing Alec Burks, extending Boyan Bogdanovich. It sounds like that's something that they'd be willing to do. And he even says in this article that the Pistons could be inclined just to wait until the offseason again and make a move with Bogdanovich. So my overall takeaway from this article from James is this. is that, And this is why Darth Ku has come back out. The Pistons are going to – I am terrified that the Pistons are about to do nothing at the trade deadline. They're not going to move off from anybody on the roster. They're not going to move on from anybody in the coaching staff. They're not going to move on from anybody in the front office. And that whole little article, that whole little interview we got two months ago where it said, hey, we're going to be aggressive and things has to change soon. Or I'm going to have to, you know, do something about it that we heard from Gores could just be, you know, a bunch of baloney. Because if this trade deadline passes by and you haven't gotten rid of the front office, you haven't gotten rid of the coaching staff and you made no real trades then what was this changes real soon? You basically are telling them to be patient again and wait to the offseason, which is what you told them last year, what you told them two years ago. And you could get away with that in year two of a rebuild, year three of a rebuild, but in year four, when you're threatening the worst season in NBA history, year four of your rebuild, and you come out and you have to talk about it after losing 25 straight games in a row, and you say changes are coming soon, that means changes probably are coming before the season ends. So if the Pistons come and go or if this trade deadline come and goes and the Pistons do nothing and they don't get rid of the front office and they don't get rid of the coaching staff, it's another year of, hey, just be patient. Wait till, wait till the offseason. We'll make moves in the offseason. And this is what makes you believe, one, you can trust them to actually do that, that they'll actually deliver on that promise. And two, what makes you think that you're going to try that anyone's going to trust these people to make those moves at in the offseason, that is. So it's just. I really didn't like what I saw in this in this article, because, for example, if the Pistons don't if the Pistons plan on making changes, but don't want to move off of obviously Cade. But you don't want to move off of Ivy. You don't want to move off of Saar. You don't want to move off of Jalen Duren. You also want to re-sign Monte Morris. You also want to re-sign Alec Burks. You also want to re-sign Boyan Bogdanovich. you're you're taking up half the half the cap space, just bringing the dudes back from this year's awful roster. And then you don't want to move anybody. So how exactly are you making these moves? How are you making these changes? You don't want to trade nobody. You don't want to fire anybody in the coaching staff. You don't want to fire anybody in the front office. You you want to bring back players from this roster. So where's the changes coming from? That, that's the question I have after reading this. So what, what changes exactly are going to actually happen? It seems like the Pistons, all of their eggs, are in this basket of, Oh well, one of these teams are going to give away one of these good players for free because of their contract and the new CBA. Where they're just going to give us them for free. Like that seems like exactly where all of the Pistons' eggs are in. And if that doesn't happen, they have no other plan. Like that. That seems like at this point, that's all. That's literally the only plan that they have. Is that all oh, this new CBA is going to force one of these teams with a really good player who's on an expensive contract? Just give them away for free, and they're only going to give them to the Pistons. They're not going to give it away to the Charlotte Hornets who are trying to create cap space. They're not going to give it away to any of these other teams that can create cap space and do the same thing. No, they're going to only give it to the Detroit Pistons if they actually decide to do that. Like, that is their only plan right now. They don't want to give up anybody, they don't want to fire anybody. That's their only plan. And if, if they actually do, go the route of not doing anything at this deadline and go into the off season, making really no changes, expecting everyone to be patient after this type of season and don't move on from anybody in the front office. Don't move on from anybody in the coaching staff. Don't even tr- bring back half this roster. Like that, what is that? So there's four, and then three vets. Yeah. That's like basically half the roster. If you br- were to bring back all three of those guys, like I don't, I don't where are the, what changes are you speaking on? That, that That was my biggest takeaway. Like, I feel like at this point, I think it's it's getting closer and closer to that whole talk of changes and, you know, we're going to do something. We're going to be aggressive. Be aggressive doing what? What are you going to be aggressive doing? Aggressively standing pat? Like, what are you, what are you being aggressive to do? You don't want to move any of the core four, which, okay, I, I get it. We'll talk about that later, but I get that. But then you also aren't trying to shop Boyan. You're not actively trying to shop Alec Burks. You're thinking about bringing back Monte Morris. Like, who do you think you're going to be able to make trades for on this team? You don't want to trade anybody that has value. That's not how trades work. You have to give up things of value to then get stuff of value. You can't give up trash to get value. Like, that's not how it works. Like, this isn't 2K. You can't just give up trash and get good stuff. You have to give up something of value. And it seems like this team is just refusing to give up anything of value. I I, I don't – that's my takeaway from this article. But we'll see what happens. I mean, like he said, it doesn't mean the Pistons are completely out on Levine. It doesn't have to be Levine. Like, everyone keeps coming at me saying – that you know it has to be Levine. No, it doesn't have to be Levine. It has to be some kind of change, though, for a legit player, whoever is out there. And it's not the names that you hear in the trade market are not the only names that the Pistons have talked about. It's not the only names that the Pistons have inquired about. It's not the only names that are actually on the trade market. That's just the only ones that have been leaked. I can promise you guys that. So it's not just the names that you're hearing with Zach Levine and Dejounte Murray. Like those two guys are not the only ones on the market that could be available. Like it's not. It's, that's not the case. So just do. You have to make change. You have to be able. To, Go do something. Use your cap space in the trade market. And if the Pistons are if they for real go past this deadline doing nothing, I, I like I I I'll be pretty like if this season couldn't be any more disappointing, I'd be pretty disappointed after the trade deadline. Like you have to you have to do something. This is like you just got to. You got to. Whether it's trading somebody or if they don't trade somebody, then Gors makes the decision to move on from somebody. Someone something has to happen. You can't just go into the offseason like this season didn't just happen. Like that, that that would be crazy. That would be absolutely wild. Like I I I hope that's not, not an option. Like, but it is. We'll see what happens. Let me know what you guys think. If you guys read James' article, what you guys think about what was said in there. Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kooka. Hill. when we come back, I'm gonna give my thoughts on the Detroit Pistons. Core four guys and Kay Cunningham, Jane Ivey, Asara Thompson, and Jalen Durham. We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, I gotta tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Jason Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin, right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can't imagine more helpless feeling than if me or my wife or one of my friends or one of my family members got really sick while a supply chain issue kept them from getting life-saving medications that they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinuses, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit JaceMedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON. Get $20 off your order at jacemedical.com. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons, hit, hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. All right. So I, I want to give my thoughts on the Pistons Jump Um, because I, I, I said something on Twitter a, a few uh, yesterday by the time you guys listen to this. I really upset a lot of Pistons fans. Um, I don't, I don't care about upsetting people. I don't care about them being upset. I just want to make sure that, like, what I'm actually, you know, I want to make sure that my thoughts are accurately being portrayed. So I want, to, I want to give my thoughts on what these core four guys, what I think about this Pistons young core and their future. Um, so the Pistons core four guys that I'm talking about is obviously Kay Cunningham, Jane Ivey, Asar Thompson, and Jalen Dern. And, at this point, as of January 25th, I am less confident in those four fitting together long term than I was before the season. Does that mean it's impossible that they will fit together? No. Does that mean I'm completely out on them fitting together? No. But I am not as confident at this point of them fitting together as I was before the season. And I am in the stance of that everybody on this team besides Kay Cunningham should be tradable. Doesn't mean you're actively shopping them. But everyone on this team should be tradable besides Kate Cunningham. That is my belief. And we're gonna, I'm going to go through multiple different layers of this. But that's where I wanted to start. I think every player on this team should be tradable besides Kate. And you may be asking me, well, Koo, why do you feel less confident in, the, in this core four as of right now than you were before the year? Well, let's go ahead and rewind to, to this offseason. This offseason when the Pistons had the fifth overall pick, I was very vocal in wanting Asar Thompson. I'm still very high on Asar Thompson. I I am high individually on all of these players as individual players. I think they're all they all can be really good as individual players. But this offseason, I wanted Asar Thompson for the Detroit Pistons in the draft. And they drafted him. And a lot of the pushback for going after Asar Thompson that I got was, well, he can't shoot. They need spacing, they need guys who can shoot around Kay Cunningham. And my argument at that time was oh, I believe that they can make that work. Because I believe that Kay Cunningham and Jane Ivey will be plus will will be plus shooters, above average three-point shooters, with variety with like versatile shooting as well from beyond the arc. And you can add plug in another guy at the forward position that is a shooter. And I think that would be enough shooting to play Cade Ivy Sr, a shooter and Duran. Because of the playmaking, because of the dribble drives, the pre, uh the pressure that would be put on the rim and the quality of looks you'd create from the outside. Like I thought that would be enough. Obviously, I think at a certain point, you got to accept the fact that you need shooting. Like, all the playmaking, all the rim pressure, like, you, at the end of the day, you need shooting. Now, someone may bring up the Orlando Magic, but the Orlando Magic are completely built differently than the Detroit Pistons. They are built on big wings, so they are able to really build on defense. The Pistons are built around two guards, one of them being a really bad defender and the center right now who is really bad defensively. So, they are built two completely different ways, but nonetheless. That's why I believed in in them being able to draft the Sard Thompson at that time and had belief in them moving forward that they could fit together at that time. I am less confident on that now because neither Jane Ivey or Kay Cunningham have been plus shooters this year. Jane Ivey is shooting 31% from three overall. And this season, he is shooting 29% on open threes, on open catch and shoot threes. That is terrible. Cade is shooting 33% from deep. Cade is shooting 36% over the last 23 games. But on the season, he is shooting 33% from deep. If those two guys are not going to be plus shooters, I find it hard to see those four guys fitting together. does that mean I think Cade is not going to be great? No, I think Cade has been spectacular the last 30 or so games. I think he's showing why he's the number one overall pick. I believe in Kade to be this franchise player. I think he'd be one of the best players in the NBA. I love Kate. Does that mean I think Jane Ivey's not going to be a good player? No, I think Jane Ivey can still be a really good player. Does that mean I think Asar is not going to be a good player? Like, no. But if those two guys are not going to be above league average three-point shooters with a versatile shot diet from out there, I don't believe these four can work together. And one of the saving graces last season, for Jane Ivy, why why I was so why I believe so much in them before the season was because Jane Ivy, yes, last year he shot thirty four percent from deep, which is still below league average, by the way. However, I looked at his catch and shoot open threes, and he shot a really high percentage in open catch and shoot threes. So I said, you know, I think that will lead to, you know, I think that makes me believe that next year and moving forward, that he's going to eventually shoot better from three because last year when he was open, he shot a really high percentage. I think eventually he'll continue to grow, and he will you know, continue to improve on pawn his three-point percentage. That has not been the case this year. He's shooting worse from three this year. He's shooting worse on open catch-and-shoot threes this year. He's shooting worse on dribble pull-ups. He's shooting worse on jumpers. So, and again, this is not about Jane Ivey not being good. I think Jane Ivey has been good this year. He has become a way better finisher. He has been more efficient because of it. I think Jane Ivey individually can be a really good player. I think he's going to be a really good player. Actually, let me say that K- I, Jane Ivy is going to be a really good player. But in order for these four specific players to mesh together, to bring a championship type of team to Detroit in the next few years, or in not maybe not the next few years, but in the Cade era, those four guys need, or Cade and Ivy, I should say, need to be able to shoot above league average on variety of shots from beyond the arc to make that specific four work. And after seeing Jane Ivey take a huge step back in three uh, three point shooting this year, I am now less confident that it can work. Does that mean it won't work? Does that mean Jane Ivey will never become a good shooter? No. It just means that I am now less confident than I was three or four months ago that this core could work. That's where I'm at with the core four. Now, let me say this about the core four. I also, as I've said multiple times, those of you guys who listen to the podcast often, you guys will know I've also said that you're barely even getting to see them play this year, which is why this is really going to be such a waste of a season. Because right now, all we can judge it off of, really, is just off of hypotheticals and, and guessing what it would look like out there with this, what it would look like like out there with that. Because they've only played, according to NBA.com, 60 minutes together. K. Cunningham, Jane, Ivy, Jalen, Dern, and Asara Thompson have only played 60 minutes together this season. To entering this year, playing those four guys together should have been at the very top of the list of needs. Because figuring out if those four can play together is should should have been the number one thing. The most important thing is figuring out if those core four, it can actually be a core four for you. So they haven't even tried to run it. We, we've barely seen it at all this season. I'm not even going to go through what their net rating is those 60 minutes because 60 minutes is nothing. They barely have played. So while I am less confident at this point that the core four will be able to to fit around each other and and be able to be what, you know, what I thought maybe in the off season, I also am aware that you haven't been able to even see them. You haven't even really given that, that match, that much of a shot to work it all out. Now, I think it's, you know, without shooting, if Cade and Ivy are not going to be a plus shooters, I think it's pretty clear to say that Polly is not going to be the cleanest fit offensively, but who knows? Maybe they, somehow they figure it out. We just haven't even been able to see it. So that is a coaching failure, and that is a front office failure, which then takes me on to the next part of the core four. I talked about this in the last episode. That I feel like at this point it's clear to say that Monty Williams and this coaching staff, does not, they don't know how they want to use Asar Thompson. They don't know how they want to use him. With that, if Tom Gores is not moving on from Monty Williams and Tom Gores is not moving on from Troy Weaver, I don't have trust that this coaching staff will eventually figure out how they want to use Asar Thompson then, especially if Cade and Jane Ivey are also not going to be plus shooters. So there's a lot of questions now at this point that I have and a lot more uncertainty I have at this point with the core four fitting together than I did before the season. And that doesn't mean it has to be Ivy that gets traded. Doesn't mean it has to be Asar. Doesn't have to, Doesn't mean it has to be Durin. Doesn't mean I want it to happen right now. Doesn't mean I that the Pistons need to trade one of them immediately right now. All I'm saying is that I feel more uncertain at this point on January 25th about this young core working together, all four of them working together. And I believe that you're probably going to have to end up moving on from one of them to get someone who fits better. We'll find out who eventually that is if they do want to move on from somebody, but that doesn't have to happen right now. I don't want it to happen for Zach Levine. I, like, that's not what I want to happen. I just have some questions about this core four working now. I'm not as confident as I was. Before the season. I think all four of those players are going to be really good players individually. All four of them will be really good individual NBA players. I question now whether you can put all four of them together, no matter the talent, they're talented, but will all that talent mesh together and work together? I'm not so sure anymore. I was before the year. I had more confidence before the year. I don't have as much now, but I'll tell you this much. If I actually got to see them play a little bit more, even if you actually got to see them play a lot, the rest of the season to actually see what that sample looked like. Maybe I'd feel better or maybe I'd feel worse. But I'd like to feel more of one way or the other at some point, Monty. If you could play them together, Weaver, if like you can make that a priority. These it, this is the core four. You probably need to figure out if they fit together. That should have been like the main takeaway from this year, but is what it is. That's where I'm at with the core four. Let me know how much that upset you. How much you know. You're you're mad about me saying those specific things. I mean, how you feel about it all, comment section down below or over on Twitter, at Cuckoo Hill. When we come back, I want to talk about, are the Detroit Pistons as doomed as it seems like? Are they as doomed as Pistons fans believe they are? We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, my favorite sponsor, Prize Picks. Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We are the easiest, most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. And there's two things about price picks that I really, really love. First thing is you can do cross sports entries. You can do football, basketball, basketball and soccer, football, soccer, basketball, hockey. Heck, you can even do basketball and esports. sports You can do all kinds of cross sports entries. it makes it super, I'd say, super interesting, a lot more fun to do when you can go across sports like that. But by far, I think the best thing about Price Fix is anyone who's been involved in daily fantasy sports, you know injuries can absolutely destroy everything for you. But with Price Fix, they offer a reboot policy. For example, in football basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is automatically rebooted with Price Fix. Price Fix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance Policy. Go to PricePix.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100 and take advantage of that reboot policy. Again, go to PricePix.com slash locked on and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100 with price picks. So I want to thank you guys again for making locked on piss since your first listen of every single day. For free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review. Whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, that's another great way to support the podcast. So it, are the Pistons doomed? Is it done for? Are the Pistons finished? Oh, and also, let me make this clear. Uh, I, I didn't say this in the last segment, and I know people are going to now try to like pick on this. because I didn't say this, but I thought it was just a given. Um, the thing about Jane Ivy not being able to, sh- not being a great shooter this year, and Jokade not being a great shooter, why it matters so much with this specific four, is because Asar is the worst shooter in the NBA, and Dern is a non-shooter. Like, I, I thought that was self-explanatory, but I know people will try to hang on to that and act like I was only going after Jane Ivy. No, the reason why it matters is because the two other guys in your core four are non-shooters or the worst shooter in the NBA. Like, that's that's why it matters so much, but. I thought that was self-explanatory, but let me just get that out the way before people try running with something either way um are the pistons doomed? Maybe they might be doomed, but they're not hundred percent doomed yet and here's why now they do have a lot of cap space, and I know that that is something that even i i I'm sick of hearing it. I know you guys are sick of hearing it too, but with the amount of cap space they do have, if they were to move let's say You know, I think a lot of us have lost trust and lost belief that Troy Weaver and this front office can can make it happen. If they wanted to move on from Troy Weaver and get someone else in, that guy would be absorbing uh, a roster of some young talent within the core four and a lot of cap space to do a lot of stuff. It would be a lot of flexibility if they were to move on to to another front office. That front office that eventually would take over does have a lot of flexibility to really go wherever they want with it. So I think that's a good thing. First of all, second of all, the Pistons are not doomed yet, I think, because they have Kay Cunningham and Kay Cunningham is looking like over the last 30 or so games, like the franchise player everyone expected him to be. He is looking like the guy who was supposed to take that leap that everyone was waiting for him to take. That's what he has looked like. Now, when he comes back, hopefully he can continue that streak. I assume he's probably going to be rusty like he usually is at first when he comes back from injury and then he'll warm up again. But as long as he can end the season looking like how we've seen him over the last 30 games, you can walk away saying, well, you may have questions about this. You may be have questions about that. You may have questions about fit. You may have questions about coaching staff. You may have questions about the front office. But at the end of the day, you have Cade. And if you feel confident that Cade is a franchise player, that's the hardest thing to get. So if Cade continues to look how he's looked, you have the hardest piece of the puzzle. And that right there, that will stop you from being completely doomed. Now, does it put... Some urgency in play, yes, I've made that clear over the last few weeks that the Pistons should feel a sense of urgency. Like You definitely 100% should. Cage going to be getting that rookie max extension probably, or the most he can get in that rookie extension. That is going to cause some pressure. There's going be pressure right now, but once that officially happens, pressure really is going to start. But you have Cade with flexibility. So, it, like, let's just say if you wanted to go the absolute extreme, and I'm not saying I want this to happen. I'm just saying if you, let's just say if they wanted to go the, the absolute extreme, whoever was the front office, whether it's Weaver or someone else, if they really just wanted to tear down this team completely and just start over with Cade, they could do that. You could reasonably do that. Because of the flexibility that the Pistons have, you could do that. Now, I don't advise that someone would do that, but you have the flexibility to do so if that's something you wanted to do. If you if the person who would eventually come in or if weaver this offseason feels like these guys can't fit together, you can start from scrap with just Cade and you have a franchise player you're starting over with with flexibility. I, I you could do that. You also have a core four that is very talented. Now you need to find out if they actually fit together. I have my questions, but you need to find out, you need to play them the rest of the year. You have a really talented core four. So whether they've, even if they do fit together, that's great. You have a really talented core four that fits together and you should be able to build around. If they don't fit together, you have really talented pieces that you should be able to move to get guys that do fit with your franchise player. So I don't see that the piss. I think the Pistons are doomed this year. I think under this leadership on all levels, there's reason to think that they could become doomed. Yes. But as long as you have Cade, and with the possibility of moving on from leadership at other positions, I don't think that they're doomed yet. Now they could be, it very well could happen that they're doomed. They don't get things turned around. Kate ends up asking out. They don't move on from Weaver. They don't move on from Monty. Things don't get better. And Kate asks out like that could end up happening. Not saying this year, not saying in the off season or something, but in the future that could end up happening. But I, I would like to think that as long as you have that franchise player, I don't believe that. I just I struggle to believe that after this season changes won't be made on multiple levels. I, I, just, I it just I just struggle to believe that. I know all signs have. You guys might be going in the comments right now and saying, "Cool." Well, every sign is pointed to that you need to start believing the things you can't believe because there's a whole lot of things I didn't believe was going to happen throughout this season and continues to prove me wrong. So I'm sure a lot of you guys are like, "Well, cool." You need to prepare yourself to believe the stuff you're not believing. I, I get that. I get that. But after this type of season. I, I, I'm I, that, that's just going to be something I struggle to believe that they're not going to make changes in leadership at the end of the season I, I don't see how that could not happen at the end of the year I don't see it so especially if they change leadership they have a talented young core whether they fit together or not we will find out but even if they don't you have those guys that are really talented that people will want you can move off of and get stuff if they do fit together you have a young core with flexibility for whoever wants to come in and take over I don't think the Pistons are doomed. I think it's really dark right now. And I think there definitely is a road that you if the Pistons go down, they will be doomed. Everything will go up in flames and everything will be screwed. And we'll be going through another rebuild. We'll be watching another rebuild in another few years. That could happen. But they're not stuck on that road. That's not the only road that they have. There there are other roads they can take still that still lead them to a place where they're not just screwed. They they still have that option. It's just a matter of Will Tom Gore's be willing to go down that road? Will they, will they make the right decision to go down that road? Or are they going to continue to make the wrong decision and continue going down this road that leads to eventually Cade asking out in a few years and them continuing to struggle and them not peaking and having to start over again? That could happen, but I, I, I don't think it's for sure. I don't think it's guaranteed. I definitely think there's multiple routes to making this happen because you have Cade Cunningham with flexibility. So let me know what you guys think about that in the comment section down below. Or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. That's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. Until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe out there. Until next time, peace out.